You're listening to Diplomatic Dispatch, brought to you by Idea for Malaysia. Get updates on our upcoming episodes and programs via our website at www.ideafar.gov.my or follow us on our social media at Idea for Malaysia. The year 2022 marks the 30th anniversary of Malaysia-Central Asia diplomatic ties. Malaysia was among the first to establish diplomatic relations with all five Central Asian nations following their independence in the 1990s. Since then, relations have grown in the traditional areas of commerce and cooperation. The question now is, have we plateaued in our relations with Central Asia? To answer this question and more, Diplomatic Dispatch caught up with the Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs, Datuk Kamaradin Jaffa. Yang Bohmat Datuk was in Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan from May 19th to 25th for a working visit. Welcome to IDFI Datuk. Selamat datang. Assalamualaikum. Terima kasih uh, Dr. Najwa for Alhamdulillah. in uh, this uh, diplomatic dispatch. I look forward to our session today. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Um, so Datuk, the May 2022 visit was not your first visit to the region. But still, we would like to know why Central Asia? What is the significance of your visit to the region this time? Yes, it was not my first visit to the region, as you rightly said. Uh, I was there several years ago uh, to the Kyrgyz Republic as a member of parliament from Malaysia, representing an international organization called GOPEC the Global Organization of Parliamentarians Against Corruption to mm. talk to parliamentarians of the Kyrgyz Republic. So that was the nature of the visit. And that was in a way quite different from the visit I just took to Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. See, uh, historically, Central Asia has long been linked to the Silk Road trade routes, serving as a crossroad for people products and ideas traveling from Europe to the Far East. The Silk Road ran through Asia and represented a sort of global commerce when the world then was much smaller and more challenging to navigate than it is, uh, of course, now. Mm -hmm. Today, Central Asia has the potential to become an important hub to connect the East with the West as with its past contributions to the Silk Road trade routes. As a trading nation, Malaysia had always believed in Central Asia's potential, which is why Malaysia was among the first to establish diplomatic relations with all the Central Asian countries upon their independence in the early 1990s. Indeed, um, during my recent visit, I personally witnessed that Central Asia offers enormous opportunities for enhanced collaborations in existing and also in new areas mm. which could bring about mutual benefit both to the Malaysia and to the region. This is why we term the region the new axis of growth with a combined population of 76 million people Inshallah. and estimated GDP of USD 1.02 billion Central Asia certainly presents a window of opportunity for Malaysia. MashaAllah. So Kazakhstan was Malaysia's largest trading partner in Central Asia mm. with total trade of 359.8 million ringgit Malaysia, mm. while Uzbekistan was the second largest trading partner with a total trade amount of 187.8 million ringgit Malaysia. Mm. And these figures are for the January to October 
2021. What are the import and export items that make up the bulk of these figures? Yes, you, you mentioned it rightly. Uh, Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan are Malaysia's two largest trading partners among the Central Asian countries. In 2021, and that uh, I may have to remind you was uh, during the COVID-19 period, mm -hmm. our main exports to Kazakhstan were electrical and electronic products, E&E mm -hmm. &E products, which, is, uh, which was 36.1%, rubber products, palm oil-based manufactured products, and palm oil and palm oil-based agriculture products. The major imports, on the other hand, from Kazakhstan to Malaysia were manufacturers of metal, which was 91.4%, transport equipment and chemicals and chemical products. Mm -hmm. For Uzbekistan, 46% of Malaysia's export to the country in 2021 consisted of palm oil and palm oil-based manufactured products. The main imports from Uzbekistan were chemicals and chemical products, which consisted of 86.5%. Uh, then we had other imports, which were metal, textiles, apparel and footwear, uh, electrical and electronic products, again, E&E, &E, and processed food. Yeah, sound very promising. Um, are there any potential areas of cooperation between Malaysia, Kazakhstan, and Malaysia and Uzbekistan? As we know, Malaysia, Kazakhstan, and Uzbekistan are member states of OIC, Organization of Islamic Cooperation. So uh, have yeah. we tapped out yeah. all possible areas yeah. or are there still any other areas uh, yeah. for cooperation? Yeah, that's a good point. There are always room for improvement. And Definitely. Cooperation that can be further explored. For as one of the founding members uh, of uh, OIC, Malaysia always supports the OIC's role as the collective voice of the Muslim world having close and brotherly relations with Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, we could leverage our strengths and commonalities in promoting global peace and security, and also more so on issues that have marked. In my keynote address during the May Symposium on Malaysia-Central Asian countries' relations held at Wisma Putra recently, I highlighted four areas of strategic importance for enhanced collaboration between Malaysia and the region, namely connectivity, trade and investment, education, and tourism. Let us take, uh, to start with connectivity as an example. Connectivity is a topical issue for the Central Asian region, including some of the neighboring countries, simply because uh, they are landlocked countries, in fact, double landlocked countries. The region is among the least connected economies in the world. The cost of import and export from and to the region is high, thus undermining its products competitiveness abroad. Improved connectivity will not only contribute to economic growth, but also promote deeper social and cultural understanding, as well as greater people mobility. Malaysia, uh, to our credit, has been mounting a series of trade missions to Central Asia to promote our products and industries. Similarly, we are committed to being the gateway for goods and services from the region into the ASEAN market. ASEAN has a combined population of 680 million people, which is equivalent to 8.58% of the world population. So naturally, there is a vast market for Central Asian products.
therefore, inter-regional connectivity between Central Asia and Southeast Asia will bring about huge benefits to both regions. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, both of them achieved their independence in 1991. So, and both of these countries are interested to gain experience and expertise from Malaysia. The areas they are interested in, among others, are higher education, financial mm. and banking system, halal industry, and agricultural technology. Although these areas are not directly under the jurisdiction of um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, what could be the ministry's role in making this aspiration come to materialize? Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. We, we, we note that in the past, Malaysia has been engaging with the region in an adversary capacity. Mm -hmm. We could offer a lot more, such as our expertise and experience in good governance, in Islamic banking, and in macro planning of nation building. I have mentioned this before, but we need to relook at this and start engaging the region proactively again. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs bears the mandate and responsibility to conduct Malaysia's foreign relations with other countries. As we have done in the past and will continue to do, the Ministry engages actively with all relevant stakeholders, such as ministries, government agencies, and government-linked companies. I'm glad that you mentioned higher education just now. Malaysia has become one of the top destinations for Central Asian students to continue their ter tertiary education. Or for that matter, not just Central Asian students, I think from the Arab world, from the African countries, we are among the top choices for tertiary education. Mm -hmm. We pride ourselves on having been a pioneer in economic progress and political stability for decades. We also consider education cooperation as a means for Malaysia and the Central Asia to foster greater people-to-people -people contact. Interestingly, Central Asia has produced two winners of the Pertandingan Pidato Antarabangsa Bahasa Melayu, or PABM, Piala Perdana Menteri, or the Prime Minister Trophy, International Bahasa Melayu Oratory Competition in the years 2019 and 2021. And both the winners were from Uzbekistan. Rest assured that our missions abroad will continue to promote Malaysia as an international education hub. You were in the two countries for about a week, from 19th to 25th May. So um, two countries in a week, although it might have been a short visit, I wonder if there are any experiences that Waibidato would like to share about the trip. Anything interesting? Um, was there anything that struck your interest? Anything about the cultural practice maybe? Uh, about the norms or the scenery, food, yes. Yeah, yeah. of course, uh, uh, at other times, I like uh, the touristic part of uh, any trip uh, journey that uh, I've done in the past. And so too were my experiences uh, at the two countries that we visited recently. Of course, the scenery, the architecture were a sight to behold, as they say. For instance, I witnessed probably some of the world's best preserve Islamic architecture mm, and in Samarkand. Mm -hmm. I fully understand why Malaysians also uh, could easily associate themselves with the region. Famous names like Iman al-Bukhari of the Hadith fame and yes. al-Tarmizi, for example, are familiar names and figures to us. Meanwhile, the capital city, Nur Sultan, is a modern and well-planned city 
with a vibe similar to our Putrajaya. The city offers everything from futuristic architecture to the eye-popping skyline and impressive government buildings. So to anyone that wishes to visit the region in the near future, please do not also, don't forget, give the culinary tradition a meat. The food. Definitely, yes. The uh -huh. delicious and flavorful cuisines were a reflection of the hospita hospitable culture they have there. Oh my God. Um, yeah, their cuisine, I heard and I watched um, on the documentaries on TV. Um, There's some, what, a fusion of um, yeah. Arab, Russian, yeah. Yeah. Persian, and Chinese cuisines. Yeah, they have like a, horse meat. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, the horse meat, uh, lamb, yeah. rice, bread. They have, yeah, almost everything and the flavorful spices. Yeah. I, I'm sure they are mouth watering. Yeah. And, yes, I'm sure you won't mind visiting the countries again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, with that, um, Dato, thank you so much you. for being our guest in Diplomatic Dispatch for this episode. Thank you for sharing with us all the information and experience. You're welcome. It's a, it was a joy, a pleasure. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu Tune in for more episodes of the IDFR podcast, Diplomatic Dispatch. Thank you for listening.